た楽しい湿ったご飯にあるそして歯を磨く間もブラッシング is very good ブラッシング is very good ブラッシングブラッシング yeah 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 ブラッシングブラッシングブラッシング I'm not going to be a でもブラシをするは一番だ裏にブラシをしないで負荷をする首にブラシをしてどこに好きだ歯の底身をあえよそしゃくキティキティキティキティミャオミャオミャオキティキティキティキティミャオミャオミャオキティキティキティキティミャオミャオミャオキティキティキティキティミャオミャオミャオキティキティキティキティミャオミャオミャオキティキティキティキティミャオミャオミャオキティキティキティキティミャオミャオミャオブラッシングキティガードあいやかつくしを持って私の口をするは一番だ Brushing is very good Brushing is very good よろしいじゃない Brushing is very good Hi! Hello and welcome to Cast and Wax. My name is Jordan D. White and、uh, we have a very special show lined up for you today. We are once again, as we did last week, we are live streaming over the internet, which means there is someone, presumably,、uh, watching this right now as I say these words. They're watching myself and Scape here、uh, and they are hearing the sounds of Skype, which are echoing through the world. It's a sort of a strange thing to say, but I said it anyway. <laughs> Oh, see, you heard someone just clear their throat. That's a Skype person. Anyway, let me introduce my guests. First, I'll, I'll introduce our regular co hosts, and then we will introduce our very extra special guests.、Uh, first of all, as I said, right here next to me, Mr. Scape White. Hello, Dad.、Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great.、Uh, I hope that you're doing great as well on your thesis. Oh, God. Wait. Why do you always have to bring it up? I, I'm working on it. Are you really working on it, or are you lying? I'm really working on it. Okay. I hope that's true.、Uh, but we want to get right to everything, so. I'm going to take you at your word. Over there on Skype, we do have Mr. Rory Sinjin. Hello, yes.、Uh, I am Skyping in from England, of course, because I am stuck here,、uh, bankrupt in my, in my mother's home. Have, Rory, have there been any more developments、uh, on the, the sex in your room、uh, front? You really are an expert at bringing up things people don't want to talk about, aren't you? Well, I, last episode, there was, it, it was a big part of the show, so I wanted to update our listeners. Yes, they're still having sex in my room, yes. I have not found a way to stop them. Have you tried, like, barricading the room? I can only barricade the room when I'm in it. When I'm outside of the room, well, I suppose I could, like, pile things up in front of the room, you know. But, yes, every time I leave the room, I'm pretty sure, even when I just go to the bathroom, I come back in and I, I can feel it. I can feel that there was, there was sex. There was sex happening here. It's disgusting. That's, that's pretty, 
that's pretty gross. I'm sorry. Well, you should be. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, let me bring our special guest in because uh, he's he's sitting there patiently on Skype uh, from his his home here in uh, I believe also in Queens. Unless unless he's moved since then, I guess we'll have to talk to him about it. Uh, Rory, a face from your past. Uh, we said we were going to have him in. Uh, the idea was given to us by a, a, a UStream viewer <laughs> last week, and here he is, Rory's former parole officer. Officer, uh, was it Tim? It's uh, it's Tim. Yes, it's Tim. Tim Dofficer, officer. Tim Dofficer, Rory's parole officer. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I, uh, I appreciate being here. I just kind of wanted to kind of be here. And uh, I've, there's been a lot of talk of, um, you know, illegal activities uh, and things that happen uh, in everyday world, people doing illegal things. I just wanted to, I wanted to be here as kind of an authority figure to kind of sway people to try to try to not do illegal things because, you know, they're they're illegal. So, Rory, how are you? Oh, I'm very good. Uh, it's good to hear from you again. Uh, I have not broken the law. Not at all? No. That's good. Well, Rory... Uh, I mean, okay, we should we should fill everybody in. What happened was, as you probably recall, if you are a listener of the podcast mm. regularly, Rory um, was offering himself as a witness, as an expert witness. Uh, and what he would do is he would appear in court and people would say to him, is it true that uh, the defendant was in France at the time of the murder? And, and Rory, being an expert on alternate realities, would say, would think to himself... Well, there is an alternate reality in which he was in France at that time, and therefore... This is a totally valid thing to do. No, legally speaking, it wasn't. That he would say, yes, he was in France, but he was talking about an alternate reality, and this was found to be perjury, and then he was found... Uh, well, he was found in prison, but he was put in prison. And uh, Tim, or should I call you Tim, or should I call you... Uh, officer Dofficer's fine. Officer Dofficer. Officer Dofficer was his parole officer. Officer, and so how exactly did that work? So he had to he had to keep you informed of his doings. Uh, essentially, like he went uh, once parole actually happened. Uh, I was just kind of around to uh, like he was. Well, he, well, he went to jail, mm -hmm. and once he, once he was out, he was let out on parole. You know, as as you know how parole works, uh, and typically he would just have to um, he would have to report in. Make sure he's not doing anything illegal. Make sure he's not uh, selling drugs. Not saying that he did sell drugs or anything like that. I didn't sell drugs. Uh, I was never selling drugs. I know drugs. you didn't sell drugs. I know you didn't sell drugs. I wasn't saying that you did. I, I was not even arrested for selling drugs. Well, right. But I did have to make sure that you weren't selling drugs because dr selling drugs is illegal. Well, did you make sure he wasn't killing anyone? Yeah, that too. It was and Anything that was illegal, I had to make sure he wasn't doing it, including perjury. I haven't committed perjury, but I don't even think I committed perjury the first time. So uh, The law thought different. So, so you're not a good judge, in other words, Rory. So you say you didn't commit perjury, but... You're obviously wrong. Uh, no, I'm not. Okay. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so, Officer Officer, um, again, we, we're having you on as a guest because I don't know if you're a regular listener to the podcast, but we've been having a lot of trouble in that people, I don't know why, but for some reason, people seem to hear our podcast and then be inspired to go out and commit crimes. This is not something I approve of, but it's something that has been happening. Or, well, are you promoting crimes or anything like that? No, I'm not. I'm not, but but it's just it seems that for some reason I, there I've been kidnapped personally. Um, people write into us saying that they've murdered people. People write into us saying that they are murderers and that they there was a guy who did a murder podcast. There was a guy who um, you know uh, there there was a, a vigilante team. They were actually they were the same people who. Um, kidnapped me. People kidnapping people, like all sorts of crimes, okay? And I don't approve. I want to know what we can do to make them not commit these crimes. Like, is there a way to straighten these people out? Well, you have. do you have the police's email? I do. Oh, I forward emails to the police all the time. I think they're probably sick of me. Let's, well, that's good. That's a, that's a good first That's a good first start. Do you, okay. Now, you do mean like the, the actual police, not like the band. Oh, do they have an email too? I think so. Oh. I... Oh. Would the, would the would the Binghamton police, who where a lot of the crimes take place in Binghamton, would the, would the local New York police have an email through the UK? Through through the New York police have an email through the UK? Yeah, through England. I don't think so. I think they'd have one through New York. Oh, man. 
I might be sending them to the wrong police. Well, you're, you'd be sending them to the band with Sting and everything. Because he's in the UK, right? Yeah, I believe so. Oh, crap. No, that's what it is. I've been sending them to the wrong police. I've been sending them oh, to the wrong police. Oh, okay. We've been and, I mean, and I mean, the, the police do, do the police, the band, they do uh, Moonlight as a vigilante superhero group. Oh, they do? But uh, occasionally, yeah. But they're in the UK. Oh. So, so then, so if Rory was to break the law again, and I emailed Sting about I'm it. I'm not going to break the law again. No, 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 no. But if I did, but if you did, and I, then I emailed Sting about it, then Sting would stop him? Absolutely. God, would he ever. Like, what, do they have, like, powers? What does Stuart Copeland do? Uh, I think it's laser vision. I yeah. think he shoots lasers out of his eyes. Wow, he shoots lasers out of his eyes? That, like, while he's playing drums? Or is that, like, a side thing? It has nothing to do with the drums. <laughs> I think it's a side thing. Okay. Well, um, I, I, okay, I've been forwarding to, can you, sh- can you send me the, the real police's address? I mean, by which I don't mean real police. The real police are Sting and Stuart Copeland and the other guy whose name I forget. But the, the law enforcement police. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, is there, is there an email I could send it to? Yes, castandwax at gmail.com is our email. That's the one I contacted you from. So hopefully. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. I'll send that right along. This makes a lot of sense because, okay, well, and part of it is that we've been getting a lot of emails from people who said that they've been kidnapped, but I don't believe it. I don't know why you don't believe it, because they say that they are those people and they say things that only those people would know. So, well, hopefully you'll be able to help us with that as well. Um, tell, like, do you have any tips for how to tell if a letter from a kidnapped person is actually from a kidnapped person or not? Well, have you tried some kind of secret passcode? I, I tried that. No, you tried that at the, after you got the email and you tried it on the podcast. So now everybody's heard it. And I don't remember what it was. Was it Rutabaga? Yes, I think it was. Rutabaga is a good one. But now it's on the podcast. Oh, Oh. So I don't know how that's going to work. Now, and pl- and they're probably kidnapped. Or they're not, in which case they're not going to... You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. It's it's a real toughie. Well, we'll get to that email too. So um, tell us a bit about yourself. How did you get into law enforcement? How uh, how did you become a parole officer? Well, I, uh, I initially, when I graduated from high school, I uh, didn't really know what I wanted to go into. Uh, I was trying to think of just the basic... Um, something I could do for a living that would uh, be profitable and would also let me kind of uh, hound people a little bit. And a uh, police officer just kind of seemed to... Uh, seemed good and parole officer lets you hound people the most so now when you say hound people what kind of skills does it take to hound someone properly oh you have to you have to be good at uh you know um keeping tabs on them you know uh constantly constantly checking in with them making sure they're not doing things that they should they shouldn't be doing things of that nature well just just as an example so when when you were rory's parole officer you would keep tabs on them. did you follow him around i mean what, what is what did it entail i would frequently tail you in a car actually what why would you do that well, i'm your parole officer yes but i wasn't doing anything illegal uh, how could i know that if i wasn't tailing you i know that now but it's because i was tailing you Oh, hang on so does that mean you saw him go to the residencies of his clients uh a couple so mostly you- mostly 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 just the, the local ones. So you know some of his clients. A couple, yeah. You cannot talk about it. That is totally privileged information. I, I think he's got me there. I don't know about that, though, because it's privileged between him and, and the client, but you're not the client. You just followed him. That is true. It's also a gray area. I'm a cop. I'm not sure if I... I'm not sure if I... I, I I'd have to check in with my supervising officer. But I want to know who his clients are. I don't know why you're trying to do this to me. This is a terrible thing to do. So, you know, just let's just drop it, can we? Fine, fine. So, so you would tail Rory in a car. Well, let me ask you this. Obviously, what he did was illegal, uh, the, the whole thing of perjury, but it's based on him being a giant liar and, and fraud in general. Why, why didn't you of ever, course. Why didn't you ever bust him for that? B- bust him for the perjury? No, no, you did bust him for the perjury. I mean, why didn't you... Oh. For the, for the general fraud that he does as his extra historical readings. I mean, they're all, they're all nonsense. Uh, well, they're nonsense in the same way that a psychic is nonsense, uh, but people still pay psychics money for the thing. Uh, they're not applying a skill, but still people still pay them. It's a sense of comfort. It's that kind of thing. It's... it's, it's 
it's a legitimate business. Unfortunately, there's not a lot we can do if he's a big fat liar. I'm, how about the fact, why didn't you say he's not a big fat liar? It is legitimate because it's real. Because I'd be lying. Yeah, that's not true. That's why he wouldn't say that. You I'd people, be lying kind of like you lied to them. No, I didn't lie. No, look. Whether or not it's true, which it is, I at least believe it. So, you know. I don't even think I believe that, though. <sighs> well, there's nothing I can do to convince you that I believe what I believe. But I do believe it, and therefore, I believe that I believe it, and therefore, it's the truth to me as I see it. So I'm putting out the truth as I believe it, which means I am not lying, therefore, it is the truth. Well, well, but, yeah, well you, know, you know the best way to determine the truth. Well, well what's that? A truth detector. Oh, we have a truth detector. No, not this again. I this is the truth detector is faulty. It is faulty. It is not faulty actually. We have a truth detector and it detects truth and what happens is when he says things about extra history it does not uh, make them out to be truth. It does not go off. That's because it no, is... No, well, there, there you no, go. No, 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 no. That is not there you go. Because the problem is that the truth detector is detecting things only in this universe. Which is understandable. Because, again, much like my perjury, if it were detecting things in all universes, every statement would be true. So I would say, I am a big fat elephant. And it would go, ding, yes, in another universe you are a big fat elephant. And I'd go, no, but I'm not a big fat elephant. That was a lie. Da, 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 da. Would it have a differentiating ding for other universes? Well, perhaps someone could... For, for which universe it is. Would it have infinite sounds that it could use but for each universe? Perhaps someone should make one like that, but no one has as of this time. So therefore, as of right now, it only detects this universe, and therefore when we talk about things that are about possible other universes like extra history, it says, no, this is not true, but it's wrong. Well, Rory, uh, the silence after you just said that is uh, indicative of the fact that I turned on the, the truth detector. As that ding just proved. And it obviously believes that extra history is false. There's another ding. No, that's not. Okay. I, I refuse to perform on this podcast while the truth detector is on. It didn't ding. So you're lying. I'm just, well, then I'm not going to say anything. Well, officer, officer, uh, Rory is not going to say anything, um, as the truth detector just indicated. So it looks like you and I and Scape are going to have to hold up most of this conversation right now. That sounds fine to me. This might actually be a, a optimal, while the truth detector's on, it might be an optimal, optimal time to mention, to talk about that, the thesis, was it, that you were asking Skip about? Oh, why are you bringing that up? You know, that's a really good idea. You are, uh, you are a crime-stopping machine, aren't you? Hey, what can I say? That's a great idea. Uh, so, Scape, let's talk about your thesis. Uh, you are supposed to be doing a thesis in which you are adapting the Call of Cthulhu into a, a musical version, correct? Yes. Okay, it dinged. Uh, so you told me you've been working on it since last week. What, uh, is that correct? Look, I have been thinking about it. Oh, okay, I guess you've been thinking about it. Would you say you've been thinking about it a lot? Dad, I'm an artist, okay? I think... We didn't ding. So you're not an artist, it turns out. Uh, you're a rock performer. I'm a rock performer, yes. Okay. Confirmed. So, would you say you've been thinking about your thesis a lot? Would you say you've been thinking about it enough to have made significant progress on it? Dad, why do you try to make me say things? I say things that I want to say. That's all I say. Well, okay. See, it's true. He yeah. does say things he wants to say. <laughs> that, 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 we didn't even need a truth detector for that one, because it's pretty much a meaningless statement, Scape. Dad, okay. Let me say this, then. When I finish the thesis, it will be uh, awesome, okay? What the, I don't. Nothing's happening. I wasn't done with my sentence. When I finish my thesis, it will be awesome to me. Oh, okay, confirmed. Yes, you will there believe that your thesis is awesome when you're done with it. Great. You know what, officer? Yes. I don't know why I'm interrogating him. 
when you're a trained police officer. Why don't you ask him some questions about his thesis? All right, Scapey. Uh, should I call you Scapey? Is it Mr. White? You can call me Scapey. That is my, my main name. All right. Uh, let's see here. Your your thesis is about Call of Cthulhu. Yes. All right. So, so ding. That's good. That's good. And you are working on it. Yeah, um, I have worked on it in the past, yes. Okay, you have worked on it in the past. Have you worked on it recently? I will tell you, I think recently is kind of a word that has a lot of meanings for different people. Do you know what the word recently means? You have no idea, do you? It, well, yeah, it means like in the time that is close. But I said what I mean is like maybe my whole life is, is kind of recent. How long is your whole life? I'm like 11. 11. And uh, so have you worked on it in the past 11 years? Yeah, a whole bunch. I think that's a slight exaggeration, though. A whole bunch. Not compare. I mean, compared to the whole 11 years, you've spent a very small amount of time. Compared to the rest of the 11 years. Yeah, by contrast. Okay, but I did work on it in the last 11 years. Okay, see, that's true. Okay. Is it half done? Uh, uh, No, no. But it doesn't have to be half done because I have our semester, so... He does have all semester. It's true. He does have all semester. Has he? I, I, I listened to a couple of things. Hasn't he had previous semesters or something along the line? He absolutely has, and he did zero work in those semesters. Okay, that is the machine is lying. I did not do zero work. I did zero work that we recorded and wrote down. But maybe I was thinking about it then too. Did you think of that? Uh, doesn't sound like anyone thought of that because it's not true. Confirmed. Confirmed as untrue. Okay, well, I'm not going to talk while this thing is on either. How about that? You're, come on, Scape. you got to talk while the thing is on. He's not. Okay, now it sounds like he's not going to talk either. Didn't you? See, one of the other ones I listened to, didn't you promise him moist food if he contributes to the podcast? Oh, yeah. You're not oh, going to get moist see, food. See, ding. That's true. You're not going to get moist food if you don't talk. Uh, okay, here's what I have to say. Okay, listen to this. Uh, the podcast... I, oh. Can you just give me some moist food, please? Not unless you, you, li- you have to live up to your end of the bargain. Or you could just turn off the, the, the truth detector. We don't need a truth detector. We have a police officer. Isn't that enough of a truth detector? He, uh, officer, officer. Listen, I'm good, but I'm not that good. Well, the truth machine's good. That's true. So what I'm saying is, why do we need parole officers if we have a truth detecting machine? Well, truth detecting machines are pretty expensive. Jordan has one. So what? So if you've got one and you're what not- are, what, are you, what, are you, what are you implying, Rory? I'm, I'm implying that he's not very rich. He doesn't have a lot of money. Well, that's true. I don't. Are you trying to guilt me into donating my truth detector to the police? Well, I hadn't thought of that, but that's actually a pretty good idea. But then Officer Doffer will be out of a job. Yeah, are you trying to take my job away, Rory? I'm not trying to, but I'm just saying, if the machine is better than you, then why don't we use the machine instead of you? Oh, the, the, the machine can't, can't chase people down either. It also can't tail people in a car. Confirmed. So, all right, tell you what, I'll turn off the machine. I've turned off the machine. It didn't ding, so... It must be off, right? Yes. Oh, all right. Well, now, well, Jordan, can you well, do me a favor? Say that the machine is on. Why would I say that It's if it's not true? Well, because if it is true, it'll ding if you say it. So say that the machine is on. I, but I don't want to lie. Well, then, if you don't want to lie, uh, well, I don't, I don't know what to say about that, actually. Uh, officer, officer, do you believe me that I turned the machine off? I said I turned the machine off. Rory doesn't believe me. So I just want to know if you believe me. Well, it didn't ding, so obviously it must be off. Right. Totally logical. No, it's not totally logical. If it, if it, if you turned it off, I mean, if you didn't turn it off and then you said that it was off, then it would not ding because it is telling the truth. Oh, see, it dinged. It dinged when I said that. It dinged when I said that because I figured it out it dinged. Okay. You got me. It was on. But, okay, stop dinging. It was on because I was 
playing a, tr- a trick on you. Confirmed. Okay. All right. Now I'm going to turn it off. It's off. All right. For Rory's benefit, the truth detecting machine is still on. Okay. So therefore, it is not still on. Does that make sense, everybody? Everybody follow the logic here? So, yes. I've got, I, I was the one who established this logic. So, of course. Okay. Uh, so, officer to officer, uh, we're going to move along with the show. Uh, this is the important segment we have called Toll Watch. Here comes the theme song. Now, for your sake, officer, again, in case you have not been listening to this before, Asshole Watch is where we talk about our friend, uh, our former friend, I should say, Frank Allen, who uh, is a giant jerk. Oh, wait, Frank Allen, like from uh, Frank Allen's Investigative Variety Show? You've seen it. I, I have. I watched I watched the uh, the Spanish Network every, every now and again. Oh, I, I didn't. It, so it does air in the United States. I didn't think it did. It's just it's it's like a it's like a like out of range channel. It's in like it's kind of staticky, but I but I still get it. So he's, wow. he kind of seems like an asshole. Oh, he is. He is, because he actually used to be one of the hosts of this show, and he left the show, and he steals things from us, he steals our ideas, and he he says rotten things about us, and he's an arrogant jerk. Oh, crap! I wasn't supposed to say those things, because we have a... Damn it. I just broke the law. Uh Uh-oh. I'm so sorry, officer. Do I need to come over there? No, uh, you don't, because I figured it out for myself, so I'll punish myself somehow. Is it... What is the punishment for breaking the law? Prison? Like, Uh, I'll put myself in my own prison. Well, if you have a wooden board, you could just smack yourself in the head with it. I am not allowed to do that anymore. I have a therapist who tells me I'm not allowed to do that. Doc Mike, he told me I can't. Okay, well, as long as you just, like, like, just just don't go out of your house. That'll be fine. Okay, I'll stay in my house. Um, Because basically, I have a... Cease and desist on me that we're not supposed to talk about Frank Allen negatively in this part of the uh, the podcast. So, oh, oh. Well, I that, mean, that means I broke the law too. Oh, you did. Well, you didn't get oh, a cease and desist. So, well, it was well, it was it was I was on the podcast. It's such a gray area. It is a little bit of a gray area. It is a little bit of. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what's right and wrong anymore. Well, wait. No, wait are we gonna? We're gonna get you fired. I hope. I hope not. I don't. If you don't fired. know what's right and what's wrong. Hmm. I'll just I'll just stay in my house for a day, just to be sure. Okay, just to be sure, and then you'll learn your lesson. Just uh, be sure. Yeah, 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 I'll learn my lesson. So all those things we said about Frank Allen, pretend we didn't say those. Uh, unhear them if you could, listeners. And uh, what I'll say is, we have a show called Toll Watch, and for some reason we talk about Frank Allen sometimes during that section, but we don't say anything bad about him. And you'll have to draw your own implications as to why we would talk about him in Toll Watch. It's just a strange thing. Um, last week on. Watch. We had an interview with Ida No, who uh, was found to be a troll and released from prison. Do you remember this? This was a famous, uh, famous thing. I, do, I remember seeing it on CNN. Yes, um, she was. She was convicted of cannibalism. She was discovered to be a troll. She was released, and since then, she's been eating people uh, wantonly, including babies. Unfortunately, Ooh. we discovered last week she's actually not a troll. She's a human being. She's going back to jail. Oh, that's good. Yes. So that so is, she's a human being and she, she's been beating people. Yeah, especially. Right. So she's been convicted of murder, cannibalism, all sorts of things, theft of homes, all sorts of stuff. She's going to prison for many consecutive life sentences. But uh, the, the woman who interviewed I've always, her. I've always, I've always, I've always wondered, how do, they, how, do you, how do you serve multiple life sentences? Like you only have one life. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, Rory, do you have an answer to that? Is it just bragging rights at that point? No, no. I, I can explain. Uh, the way it works is you go to prison, right? You stay there for your entire yes. life. 
and eventually you die. All right. right. And, th- and then what they do is uh, they find out what body you're reincarnated in, and they lock that person up to. Oh, I, so is it in the in the same in the same universe, or it, sometimes yes. I I, I I absolutely have done research on this, and this is true because I was worried I was going to go for multiple life sentences. No, you for 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 that? No, of course you weren't. And also, that's not true. There's no such thing as reincarnation. So that isn't true. No, it is. They find babies. You know, you ever, you ever, uh, what is that, what is that thing with the, um, the Dalai Lama, you know, where they, where they find the baby and they say this is the reincarnation? Yeah, I've heard about uh, that. reincarnation? No, yes, I'm saying, but there's, it's this religious uh. thing. So they, they, they find out where the dead, the dead person has been reborn. They take the baby and they lock it up in prison and then they leave it there for its entire life. Seems, seems kind of cruel. This is, this is an actual thing they do? I've never heard of them doing this. That's for, for multiple life sentences. So you served the one life, and then you have to serve the next life and the next life, however many you are convicted of. I guess that's the only thing that would make sense, though. I mean, if they convict you. Uh, the only other thing you could do is keep the corpse in there for, like, how, however multiples of how long he lived. No, that's silly. Corpses don't suffer. I guess. Wait, why don't? Why does Rory think he knows more about it than a, a cop does? That's true. I, don't even, I didn't even understand it. Well... At any rate, the point is she's going to jail for multiple life sentences. And we got a letter from uh, the woman who who did the interview that exposed this, uh, our good friend, Lynn Nelson. Let me read it to you. Hi, Jordan. One of these days I will get a good mic and record an audio letter. I kind of wanted to announce this more in person, but it's late and I'm too tired and excited to search for a microphone. I've just been notified that I have been nominated for a Pulitzer Prize for investigative reporting for my Lynn Nelson interview that you aired last week. Since it resulted in a criminal being put back in jail and revealed a true travesty of previous reporting and justice, it is felt that my piece did a great deal of good for society. As you know, I have been dabbling in investigative reporting on the side for a while now and have been relatively successful with it, with several of my stories airing on some major news networks, but this story was truly a coup. I want to thank you for the opportunity to air it on your podcast and your support and help in beginning my journalism career. I don't know if it will ever be my main line of work, but wherever it goes is because of the humble beginnings on Welcome to the Waxwork and Cast and Wax, and I can only hope that this will bring more listeners to the podcast in return. I will keep you posted, but for now, be seeing you, Lynn. Congratulations, Lynn. Uh, it's great to know that someone who, who came from our podcast could become a very successful investigative reporter, uh, because we, we had no, no evidence of that in the past. So congratulations. A Pulitzer Prize. I hope you can win. Uh, it's awesome of you. Okay, uh, I guess let's move on. Uh, the other thing I wanted to cover in Asshole Watch is, um, while I can't say anything bad about Frank Allen, I will say that because of some things that I can't talk about and uh, shouldn't have talked about earlier in the show, uh, my lawsuit is moving forward. I have contacted a lawyer, uh, 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 Mr. Uh, Mr. Roma, who is going to be representing me in, in court, and I believe uh, you'll hear more about that as, as it happens. Um, I mean, uh, as a uh, as a police officer, uh, officer to officer, you would say it's illegal to steal other people's ideas, correct? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. So if I told you that things on that investigativo thing were actually based on ideas that I came up with, would you say uh, that that was a, a rotten thing for them to do? I'd say it's rotten. I'm not totally sure if it would be against... Did you copyright them or anything like that? Uh, I didn't file them with the copyright office, no. Hmm. But I so at this point they're okay. at this at this point they're they're strictly ideas. But I well they I mean I pref- we, they they I produced them they they happened on this podcast and elsewhere they just didn't say copyright at the end. Hmm. I don't know. Well, I guess you know what we'll leave it to a jury and uh, and uh, we'll see how that goes. You know what? Uh, let's uh, let's call that a wrap for watch and we'll play the outro here because we have so much going on. So here we are. So what? So what? We just
Yes, we did just watch Frank Allen. Again, draw your own conclusions why he's in a segment called Asshole Watch. So, Mr. Dofficer, uh, we do have a letter here which is very significant because it is about uh, some of the crime that we heard about last episode. It's also about the uh, the episodes of the shows that we're about to hear. So, let me read it and we can talk about it for a moment before we listen to the shows. Uh, All right. Dear Jordan, I have not heard from you since last week regarding the modalities of transference of the four million U.S. dollars that I discussed with you last week. I am starting to think you are not taking this transaction sufficiently seriously. I am begging you as a dear friend trapped, stranded, alone and helpless in a foreign city, and as your disappointed business partner, to send me by anonymous Western Union the four billion U.S. dollars. Whoa, four billion? Did it just go up? It says billion here. It said million earlier in the letter. Anyway, the cash from which we will be paid is that of Prince Mamuwalde of Swaziland, who accounts are being handled by Mark Ravalomanana and Dater Retsuraka in Antananarivo. Antananarivo? Ah, I can't tell if this guy is just spelling things wrong or... Well, and I say guy. It's says it's a woman. Anyway. Mark Ravalomana is still in Antananarivo, Madagascar? According to my records, yes. Mark Ravalomana is still in Antananarivo, Madagascar. So that part at least is true. But the rest of this letter, oh, well, here it goes. The dashing prince Mamualde has insisted that his name be revealed to no one involved in the transaction, but is eager for the release of his funds and the trapped American in London, and then in parentheses it says, me, Cheryl Casey. Incidentally, the bruisers have informed me that as incentive to send the money, they have kindly entered you into the City of London lottery. Good luck. Sincerely, your trapped and disconsolate friend, Cheryl Casey. P.S. Here are some radio serials to enjoy. And then she attached an episode of The Lessons from the Life of Nathan Van Etten and an episode of Slam Jackson Adventurist. So, I, I don't know. Officer officer, I I can't tell if this is real or not. Is Cheryl Casey kidnapped? Is this really from her? Because there's a lot of things that seem to indicate to me that this is fake. I, I agree with you there. But then she did. She did, in fact, attach the uh, the the radio serials there. Maybe somebody made radio serials to trick us. You know what I mean? I mean, these could be fake radio serials. Very, very true. Well, usually, usually when something's fake, it's misspelled and stuff like that, right? There were misspellings in here. Well, that's true. So this is what I'm saying. It, it said billion instead of million. It said million at the beginning. Then it said billion. And then there was it said Antonarovo, which I don't know. I mean, maybe I just was saying the name wrong the whole time. And it really is Antonarovo. Antananarovo? I don't know Madagascar that well. Neither do I. I mean, should we look it up? Possibly. All right, let me look on the internet. Also, four, four billion seems excessive for a kidnapping. That's what I'm saying. I don't have... Well, I don't have four million, so... I mean, I don't know what to tell her, you know? If the, if she's real, she's kind of screwed. If she's not real, then who, then it's not her being screwed, but it's somebody... Oh, I mean, well, then there's... I guess... I don't know. I don't know. If she's not real, maybe there's no screwing. No, it's Antananarivo. I just looked it up on Wikipedia, and Wikipedia does not lie. So, this person... I agree with that. This person spelled the name, the capital of Madagascar, incorrectly. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. All right. So, uh, in addition, we've got... It, it, we've got we've got references to other countries and saying they're going to pay us money when they're not. They've got stuff about the city of London lottery. They, they, and also, this person doesn't just sound like Cheryl. Like again, Cheryl is you know smart and funny and interesting. And this letter is neither smart nor funny nor interesting. I kind of was bored by the whole thing. So what do you what do you think? It could be it, it could be it, it it could in fact be a person uh, impersonating Cheryl. But you have to you have to wonder how they would get that kind of how how they would get the personal information and whatnot. What would the radio serials? Well, you know but what? Also seems fishy the other thing. Th- you know how they could do it is that again, huh. that's all information that's on my podcast. So if they listen to the podcast and they're like, "Oh, Cheryl would be sending in episodes of Slam Jackson at this point," they might go, "Okay, here's what we're going to do. Let's mount an episode of Slam Jackson. We'll record it, send it in. They'll think they mean me. We'll think that Cheryl is really kidnapped, and then send it. Because here's the thing: if Cheryl was kidnapped, 
how she's sending cereals while she's kidnapped. That's very true. So I also that seems like a very complicated process to get to get money from someone who runs a podcast. No, it isn't. I mean, it it is. It is a little complicated. But think about it this way: you make four. This would be a total of four fake radio cereals, and you get four million dollars. That's a million dollars per radio cereal. That's a good point. Like it's worth. But it. then, but then, but then, if they listen to the podcast, they know that you don't have four million dollars. That's true. I don't have four million dollars. Oh, but good, good point. Thank you for bringing that up, Rory Sinjin. Yeah, I'm not giving you the money. Uh, no, I'm not asking you for your personal money because I know you don't have any personal money. We started a uh, a fund last week. Uh, yes, 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 of course. Uh, we started a fund called uh, what was it? Cash allocation for Cheryl's kidnapping. How is it going? Well, so far we've gotten in. $30. $30? Yes, $30 in, in cash. Uh, and we also did get $10 in a check form made out to cash allocation for Cheryl Helper, which is me, uh, C-A-S-H. But I have not ca- uh, uh, cashed that check yet, so really we only have $30 so far. Uh, well, that's not going to help then. So, damn. Well, officer, uh, I mean, let, let's weigh this. Let's weigh this. Let's assume... For a moment. I mean, because here's the other thing. I also haven't heard from the real Cheryl, who normally I, listens to the podcast. So I, I would think if she heard us debating whether she was kidnapped and she was not kidnapped, she would probably write into us. Let me just say out loud, Cheryl, if you're listening and you're not kidnapped, please write into us. Maybe that goes w- without saying. Maybe that doesn't. So I'll say it. But I haven't heard from her. So basically, we're faced with two options. Either we ignore this and say, these are fake radio serials, but I guess we'll play them anyway, since they're the only ones we got. Or we have to pay $4 million to get her back, and we only have 30 Potentially 40 Potentially 40 So what do you recommend? Well, if there's no other radio serials, I mean, we might as well... We might as well go with it for now. Oh, oh, definitely. I'm going to play the radio serials, but I mean regarding the, the kidnapping. Oh, and here's the other problem. If I forward this information to the police in, in Britain, is the band going to get it or am I, is it going to go to Scotland Yard? How do I know the difference? They're both police emails. That's right. Well, I think Scotland Yard is Scotland Yard at UK and the police are the police at UK. At UK? That's, is that what you're emailing? Or whatever the, whatever the, the, host, the host for the you know, country is. That's a really good question, though. Do you think the police, the band, would save her? It, well, she's in London, right? Yeah. Well, according to this email. Send, send it along. All right. That's a good idea. Sting, if you're listening, I don't know if you're a regular listener or not or if you just were listening that one time. But Sting, if you're listening, um, we do need your help. Let me forward this email to her. Okay, hopefully we'll hear back from uh, Sting or Stuart Copeland or the other guy whose name I forgot soon, because we do we do hope that if Cheryl has been kidnapped, uh, she'll be okay. Uh, for now, let's listen to these serials. Uh, I don't know if they're real. They might be made by fake people uh, who are trying to convince me that they're they're real people. Um, but they're the only episodes we have, so uh, hopefully they do a good impression of Slam Jackson and Nathan Bennett, and if they aren't the real ones. Here we go. Slam Jackson! Adventurist! By Charles Henry Berman. Season 2, Episode 3. The Fraternal Duplicity. Our story opens, gentle listeners, in the oh-so-stylish yet practically ergonomic black office chair of our protagonist, where our comely Caliban of courage that unanimously admired private investigator and famed adventurist, Slam Jackson. Would you mind? I'm trying to read. 
is trying to read. Specifically, the list of emails that has accumulated on his computer overnight at his impeccably furnished office. Perusing with the fluency of a reader with years of experience, our hero eagerly explores these electronic harbingers of blood-thrilling cases and exploits to come. Jamaican Chicken Jerk says he's not coming to hang out. I don't think I invited him. Oh, look, special offer from Coles. Save that one. Oh no. Great. Oh no, indeed, astonished auditors. For there, sitting innocuously amidst the other contents of our hero's inbox, is an email from none other than Susan Jackson, his own beloved but also despised in a complicated sort of way mother. You know I hate it when people read over my shoulder. Sorry. Also, what do you know about my relationship with my mother? It's pretty obvious. For all you know, I could... You know what? Whatever. Let's see what she wants. Dar. It's dear, Mom. I tell you every time I write back. Dar, Samuel. Couldn't have spelled the name right on, I don't know, the birth certificate? It has been so long since I heard from you. You mean heard from me? I hope you're defective agony. Detective agency? I give up. I hope your defective agony is doing well. At leak and still you get a real jot. Twigs are glowing just fine down here. We are marriaging to be ole, even without the company and support we so disparately needled from you. Okay, what else, Mom? Totally out of Monday. Missed me at Thanksgiving Diner. Oh, uh oh. So since your brothel Zachary is going to be Antoine, I told him I was curtain you could give him a pace to slay. His bust gets in at three. P.S. Why do you never fail me about any of the last girls you must meet as a defective? Love, your bomb. Oh God, Zap's coming. Seriously? As seriously as Slam Jackson's cardiologist nemesis, the heart attacker, attacks people by secretly frying their food, ladies and gentlemen! Uh, that guy's really not that serious. Okay, well, really serious! For arriving in only a few slim, inadequate hours of time to prepare for action and straighten up the apartment will be Slam Jackson's oldest and most genetically similar of nemesis. Zappery Jackson! Perfect. Now I have to cancel all my afternoon appointments. Canceling afternoon appointments and satisfying morning ones with the efficiency of an Eichmann, our paragon of paperwork- Really? You couldn't come up with a different analogy than that? Eichmann was extremely efficient! Our paragon of paperwork dispatches Kickman's protege henchman, Shoveman, with but a modicum of effort. With the Eyeglassassin no longer a threat due to overcast weather, Slam Jackson dashingly locates Mrs. Weissmuller's missing husband in Michigan by spectacularly tracing his credit card payments. Thrillingly determines what disgruntled former employee had been nefariously siphoning small amounts from the helpless, innocent corporate accounts of Delucci Hardware and Locks LLC, and heroically reports his old antagonist, the Loch Ness Mobster, for money laundering. All that is left is for our hero to make the final heart-wrenching cancellation of the day, and gathering himself with the self-possession of a slave who has recently bought his freedom, our indomitable object of idolatry dials the phone. Yes, and I'm sorry, Mrs. Sensbrenner, but despite any suspicious signs that you may have noticed, I do find that cats sometimes just run off on their own. I'm sorry. You have a good day. Now to go meet Zap.
One ten-minute car ride and 45 minutes of waiting for him to notice the exquisitely calligraphed large cardboard sign that Slam Jackson holds aloft later, Zap Jackson makes his long-awaited appearance. I had to cancel my afternoon appointments. Why did you make me wait 45 minutes past when the bus was supposed to arrive? Hi, Slam. Hi, Zap. Well, that was about an hour of work I could have gotten done. Thanks for the warm welcome. I was reading while I waited for you. How was I supposed to know to look for a sign? Not like I'm the investigator here. You know what? Forget it. Let's just act like brothers or something. So. So. Who's that guy? Well, um... He stalked me and assaulted me with a chair a while back. Now he just follows me around and talks really loud. Sounds like he likes you, Slam. You know, those jokes don't really work anymore now Don't that... mind me! I'm only here to narrate and chronicle the immortal exploits of the age's greatest- See? So are you still working at the bowling alley? Nah. I figured unemployment was better than dealing with those pricks anymore. I need to meditate every half hour now per therapist's orders, and they considered bowling more important than my health. Wow. Yeah. Of course they do. They run a bowling alley. That was a terrible life choice, Zap. You always say that. You always make terrible life choices. This is why I need the analyst, in part. How do you afford to see an analyst when you're unemployed? Credit, but I'm not anymore. Not seeing an analyst? Great! No, not unemployed. Don't tell me you went back to drug testing. No, even better. Now I can afford the bribes to buy all the new medications myself. I started my own business. Your own business? Really? Yep, and it's fantastically successful, clearly showing that I am a great businessman. Wow, that's actually really good. Congratulations. And even though you would never let me be an equal partner on the detective agency... You have no experience as a detective. I'm going to let you be an equal partner. Wow, that's surprisingly nice of you. But businesses are a lot of work. I know. I run a business. Right, so you'd have to quit the detective agency. Well, what kind of business is it? General merchandise. When's the last time you saw a general merchandise store? Not since the Old West. It's nostalgic and practical. Here's the papers to sign. You know I'm a private investigator, right? I have to look at official business papers all the time. Fax paper, slang, rampant typos. These are clearly fake. Crap. Really? A general merchandise stork? I got mom to help me. But why? Well, you've always been the successful one. Your own business, famed adventurist. And what am I? Nothing. What was I supposed to do? I figured if I could pretend to start a business so you'd quit your job, I wouldn't feel so inferior all the time. So you quit your job, then spent money you should have been saving on a bus to lie to me to get me to quit my job. Well, you'll always make it sound bad. Why does Slam Jackson always make it sound bad? Where will Zap Jackson stay, having potentially provoked the ire of his brother? How did Susan Jackson manage to spell Jackson right on both of their birth certificates? Make sure you're extremely well insulated for when the shocking answers arrive next week on Slam Jackson. Adventurist! In that episode of Slam Jackson Adventurist, the narrator was Mickey Weishner, Slam Jackson was Jack Coonrat, Susan Jackson was Cheryl Casey, and Zap Jackson was Patrick McGuire. Hello and welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name's Frank Allen, filling in for Rory Sinjin. On September 12, 1846, Elizabeth Barrett and Robert Browning elope. While her family was away, Barrett sneaked out of the house and met Browning at St. Marylebone Parish Church, where they were married. Let's listen. Elizabeth? Yes, my darling. 
I've got a form that you need to fill out for me by the end of the week. And I love you. I love you too, dear, but what is this form you speak of? It's a W-7. You need to fill it out before the uh, external paperwork gets through. It's sort of a B-7-6, but... I love you so much. Let's, I know, let's elope. That's a wonderful idea. Let's, let's do it. Come on, let's leave this office now. Hey, Robert, Elizabeth, you fill out that form yet? No. Yeah, it's, 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 it's on its way. Bye. All right. Good luck. Enjoy the wedding. And, you know, that form never got filled out. Bureaucracy was a mess from that point on. It was a disaster. Make sure that you don't let your personal relationships get in the way of your professional life, be they love relationships or uh, hate relationships, uh, as some people have. This is uh, This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. Hey, Frank Allen. Yeah. Is Rory St. John coming back? Uh, he'll be back soon, I think. Good. Yeah. Actually, I'm fine. This is Rory Sinjin, and I am here to tell you about where are they now in history on Gas and Wax. And you know, sometimes it is all right for your personal relationships to get in the way of your work if what is your work is having an interpersonal relationship. I, I mean, if that person comes to your, your, your work and is, is getting in the way of your interpersonal relationships with your work, by which I mean, okay, let me try that again. But what I'm basically saying is when it's Frank Allen. When Frank Allen is the person that you're having an interpersonal relationship with, you can let it affect you because he's really, really terrible. He did some terrible things. Oh, I'm not supposed to say that. There's a cease and desist, isn't there? Well, Jordan, you can cut that part out or you can leave it in and then leave the apology. My point is Franklin Allenton. Yes, Franklin Allenton. He is a terrible person. That is the person I was referring to when I said Frank Allen. I was mistaken. Make sure that when you are friend with Franklin Allenton, you do not let him ruin your life. And one of the ways that he could ruin your life is by making you so upset that it affects your work and that you don't have the ability to do your work properly because you're so upset by him. So you should definitely make sure that you don't get upset by him in that respect because that would be bad for everyone involved, basically. So listen to me when I tell you Franklin Allenton, if you know what I mean, stay away from him. My name's Roy Singer and this is Where Are They Now? History on Lessons from the Life of Nathan Van Etten by Pete Bowers and Daniel Schwartz. Episode Eleven Burglary Bungles Nathan Van Etten. You can tell a lot about someone from what they own, for without ownership would anything truly be possessed. Possessions are all that we have in this world, and that knowledge drives us to protect that which is dear to us as if we valued it. One person who casually ignores this fact is Nathan Van Etten. Howdy doody die dee invisible guy! Well, aren't you in a fine mood today, Nathan? That I am, voice! And what, pray tell? or perhaps, dare I ask, has gotten you in such fine spirits. Why the approaching culmination of Step 381 in my master plan to make Ivana mine? Wow. 381 already. Time sure does fly, Nathan. That's a weird expression. Does time wear a cape? What is its alignment? So what is this step, Nathan? Ivana has been out of town for several weeks. I'm using this opportunity to do some reconnaissance. Is that why you're outside her house on a ladder? Right in one, talking man. And in just a few moments, I will be inside her house. Off of this ladder. Nathan, are you seriously considering breaking and entering? Nothing will be broken. Adventurers go into locked places all the time, and nobody ever bothers them about it. I should be getting experience points and the adoration of... Hey, Nathan. Come on in. It's chilly out there. Oh, Jane, my... What are you doing in here? 
Oh, well, Ivana's been out of town for a few weeks, and since you're such a fan of hers, I thought I'd find out a little more about her. Ah, as well you should, Jane. Everyone's life would be richer for knowing more about Ivana Van Doren Van Etten. <laughs> Van Doren Van Etten? Precisely! The future in a single pair of two-worded last names. This is the woman you want to spend your life with? Of course! Those searing eyes, that flowing hair. That boyish chest, those narrow hips. Her keen intellect, her kind nature. Her vapid interests, her loose morals. All combined to make her the woman that should be mine and mine alone. We'll see about that. What you say? I said, Nathan, look at her diary. There are literally dozens of boys' names in here with accompanying diagrams. She's clearly been sleeping around. Well, so what if she gets tired easily? I will cover her in a duvet of adoration. My beating heart, her eider down. Oh, Nathan, you say the sweetest things. When someone special enough is involved, I can do nothing else. And is Ivana really that special to you? How else could anybody possibly compete? By slutting around in ugly clothes? What was that? We should do something to her clothes. For her. As a sign of our affection. Jane, that is the best and literally only idea you have ever had. Oh, Nathan, you noticed. But what can we do for her? We are surely not even worried to caress the fringes of her. I'll take this honey and pour it into her underwear drawer. Why would you want to do that? It's a girl thing, Nathan. Then I, as a man, will ignore it. There we go. All sticky and ant-baity. Oh no! Ivana's returned before we have made our escape! Don't be silly, Nathan. Those are just her parents. Oh gracious, the in-laws! But why isn't Ivana with them? She went to follow Knut Meg on tour. They think she's at band camp. Why would you go anywhere out of town without your parents to pay for everything? We need to run before they spot us! Well, I hope that our sexually aggressive daughter is having fun at her definitely real band camp, Horace. Almost certainly, Lucretia. The vague letters from different postal districts are proof of her innocuous pursuits. Oh, that was close. Thank you for carrying me down this ladder and concealing me beneath you in these bushes, Jane. No problem, Nathan. Um, Jane, can we can we get up? No! I mean... They might come back suddenly. Best to wait. Um, okay. Mm. Okay, going now. Bye, Jane, my partner in crime. Partner? In crime. Bye. Crime is what we do when we tire of obeying laws. People have been committing crimes for only slightly less long than there have been laws. And so we leave- Listen time, voice head man guy dude! Of course, Nathan. How gauche of me. I've learned that Jane could actually be good for something. Go figure. Also, women like having honey put in their underwear. Maybe it improves their escape artist check or something. But whatever you get the chance, just squeeze some in there. Sue B, of course. Yuck. Let's avoid further speculation until you join us again for another lesson from the life of Nathan Van Etten. In that lesson from the life of Nathan Van Etten, the narrator was J.R. Coonrad, Nathan Van Etten was Mickey Weishner, Jane was Erin Morrissey, 
Ivana's mom was Bailiff Quimby, and Ivana's dad was Patrick McGuire. Thank you very much, Rory, and we are back uh, with uh, Rory Sinjin, with my catscape. Hello, Dad. I'm still just sitting here. And with uh, Officer Dofser, the parole officer who used to check in on Rory, or follow Rory around. Really. How's it going, folks? Uh, it's good, good by me. Uh, I hope the listeners are doing quite as well. Now, uh, listeners, uh, we want you to write into us. Our uh, email here is castinwax at gmail.com. Castinwax at gmail.com. And as a special treat, again, for the people who are watching us live, if you want, you can call me on my phone, and I will put you on speakerphone, and you can talk oh. to us. Our phone number here is... And while we wait to see if anyone will call us, I will read more emails. We got a whole bunch of other emails, so let's uh, let's work right through them. Dear Mr. White, so I told the school what you said, how you don't know much about where Sally is, and we should be looking at all the documents and equipment in her room and everything, and they came over with some people in suits, like fancy cops or something, but they just found all this high-tech tracking equipment set to aim at Queens during the nights and weekends and Manhattan during the day, and there were all these documents on the whereabouts of you, so they kept saying, we're sure Jordan D. White was key to finding out the tragedy of what cruelly befell my daughter. Is this true? I tried to ask the local Girl Scout leader, but she was being all secret about it, and she tried to hit me with a dart after. Weird. Anyway, can you help? Because I think that they said they were going to be looking for you. Rochester Adams. Okay. Oh, jeez. Officer to officer, here's what it is. I got kidnapped. So, yeah, well, what, is this? what is this in regards to? This is complicated. I got kidnapped a while ago, as I told you. Apparently, right. a Girl Scout troop heard about me being kidnapped and went out to find me. Oh, now, my God. I Well, this is what I've heard. I thought this was a nice thing that they did, but apparently this is uh, scary. Apparently, the Girl Scouts are not back. And it's been, at this point, I'm pretty sure months. Well, of course they're not back. They're, they're, they're special black ops, essentially. Okay, so you're aware of this. Of course I'm aware. Are you not? Oh, I, my God. Did you eat the cookies? Yes, I ate the... I, who doesn't eat Girl Scout cookies? They're good. I, I agree, but, but I mean, it's it's a, it's a matter of rationing. If you eat them too much, they're, you know, they, they erase your memory. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know this. I was not aware of this at all. So, yes, I, I ate the Girl Scout. Calling, I just... I just assumed it was common knowledge at this point. No, no. I, the, the peanut butter ones are really good. Also, the like the the, 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 the shortbread ones are so good. And Rory, did you know about the Girl Scout uh, cookies? Of course I did. I didn't know what's wrong with him. You know, I'm the one who told him about this being a bad thing. He just was completely unaware. Right. But here's the thing. So this is the this is the Girl Scout troop leaders. Uh, by troop leader, I mean, you know, uh, of the young girls, not the, the adult troop leader. This is the Girl Scout leader's father sending me things as though I'm the reason she's missing, as though I know something about her missing. I don't know anything about her missing. Also, if okay. you if you know about the Girl Scout thing, why don't those cops know about them? They might have eaten the cookies as well. <sighs> I, I mean, again, I, I, I don't – I didn't know so many people didn't eat Girl Scout cookies. I thought they were – you know, again, delicious, and I eat them. Yeah. Well, I, I love I love thin mints as much as the next person, but uh, it's a matter it's a matter of priorities. As a responsible uh, uh, crime fighter, I suppose it is best that you don't eat grocery cookies. And these cops are obviously lacking if they did. But my point is, I can't they just leave me alone? I don't know anything about it. These girls are looking for me. I don't know why they haven't found me. I'm at my home, and I go to work on work. I mean, okay, obviously th their tracking equipment is looking at Queens at night, which is where I live, and in Manhattan during the day when I work. So they clearly can find me. Why haven't they found me and gone, oh, he's not kidnapped and gone home? They might be They might be watching to make sure that you uh, you don't have some kind of Stockholm Syndrome or anything like that. Well, I, I did have some kind of Stockholm Syndrome. That's why I was hitting myself with the board. You were hitting yourself with the board? Yeah, I remember we talked about that earlier. I, it was this thing where I – it made me feel really good, and I, I – I've been trying not to do it anymore. Oh. 
that's why my therapist, Doc Mike, he told me not to do it, and I've been trying not to. But I want to, which is why I don't have any boards around right now. Ah, okay. So the point is, I did kind of have Stockholm Syndrome, and they didn't do anything about it then either. So but, uh, here's, what I'm, here's what I have to say. Sally, if you are listening to this, if you can hear me, first of all, go tell your father you're okay. Second of all, if you need to find someone who's kidnapped, apparently Cheryl's been kidnapped. Go rescue her. She's in London. I got. I sent an email to the rock band, the police, about it. Hopefully, they'll do something about it. But if not, can the Girl Scouts get on it? Does that sound all right? She she didn't answer. So I don't know. Does that mean she's not here? Uh, she could be, but could just be uh, taking notes, something like that. Okay. Well, hopefully, she noted that properly. We've got a whole bunch more emails. Uh, again, if you want to write to us, you can write to us at castinwax at gmail.com. Here's another one also connecting to a crime. Uh, you bastard, you found me out. I did it. I did it. I killed Alan Thomas. And I'm not sorry. You hear me? I am not sorry. He was a bastard too. You know that? He was going to tell the cops about what I did to Terry Gorman. There was no way to keep him quiet. He was going right to the police station. I would have been ruined if they found out about Terry Gorman. That asshole. Franklin Shandy. P.S. Please don't reef this letter on the podcast. I don't want anyone else to find out about Terry Gorman. Who's Terry Gorman? Uh, I don't know. Uh, hang on. I, this is another typo, I think. Please don't reef. Please don't read this letter on the podcast, I think is what they meant to say. Please don't read this letter. Is it? Is it R-E-E-F, like uh, like coral? No, it was R-E-A-F. Oh, all right. Which is well, the, yeah, that, that makes sense. That would be read. Read. Okay, so please don't read this letter on your podcast. I don't want anyone else to find out about Terry Gorman. Um, I... Okay, well, I already read it on the podcast, so... Mm. Uh, and I would forward this to, pol- to the police, but I don't have the right email address. Oh, you're a cop! I, I am a cop. Okay, this guy is confessing to a murder. Um, I will be sure to I will be sure to let uh, to let people know how we can we can look into Terry Gorman. Yeah, I don't know what happened to him. I guess is that another murder? I, I would assume so. Uh, he confessed Maybe. to the murder of Alan Thomas. Pretty famous. Uh, you're not from Binghamton, I know. You're, you're in Queens, right? Yes. Uh, there was a Binghamton murder... Uh, of this gentleman named Alan Thomas, we investigated it on our show. Apparently, Franklin Shandy was one of the uh, the co killers, along with Galen Thomas. So, uh, I think case closed. Case closed. I was not supposed to read this on the podcast, um, but come on, Franklin. You, I mean, I I'm sorry I, I misread your your note, but I had to read it on the podcast. This this is what gives people closure, right? So now, officer, officer, I have a feeling. Yes, Mr. Shandy here, after hearing this on the podcast, might be inclined to commit another crime. So can you say something to him, please? Absolutely. Mr. Shandy, uh, as an officer of the law, it is my duty and my job to tell you to not do that. Thank you. So don't. Thank you very much. Don't. Excellent. Now that, I'm sure, will convince him. Uh, Here is another letter. Uh, Dear Jordan, having trouble getting in touch with Rory. That's you, Rory? Yes, I know. Yes, I know I'm Rory. Yes. Uh, What does he want to say? Just want him to let him know that there could be a big deal in the works, worth millions, a little bit under the table, but that's how things go. Tell him to meet me at 2 a.m. Saturday near the underground at Mornington Crescent and uh, bring the stuff. Mimsy. Uh, Jordan, did you have to read that on the podcast? It doesn't say don't read this on the podcast. I mean, not that that stops me, apparently. I, I made a mistake, but uh, it doesn't say not to. So, Rory, who's uh, who's Mimsy? Uh, Mimsy? I don't actually know anyone named Mimsy, actually. Um, oh, mi- no, actually, Mimsy, yes. Mimsy was... A school chum who I went to school with in the old days, and uh, Mimsy wants me to bring some stuff from our school days. Um, what stuff is it? Ho- homework assignments we did in school. In the old days? Yes. In school days? Right. He wants you to bring them now? Well, it's for nostalgia. Do you get, do you get nostalgia from doing homework? No, I didn't just do the homework now. I, I've dug it up. It's in my old 
school things. But homework, but homework does give you nostalgia. Perhaps not. I would say it gives Mimsy nostalgia. Yes. So that's that's the stuff you're speaking of. Yes. There's no other stuff. Well, there is other stuff in the world. Why? Well, well, is there any other stuff you're supposed to bring Mimsy? Is there any other stuff I'm supposed to bring Mimsy? No. Yes. Rory. I'm not convinced. How is homework worth millions? Millions of points on our grades back in the, you know, days when we would have grades. That seems like a steep grading scale. Yeah, Rory, you're a liar. You told me last time that A is 100. So you can't get millions. That's not fair. Well, yes. If you are averaging, you know, so what happens is it's worth millions of points, and they all average together. No, that, no, that's not how it works. One hundred points. A. If you had millions of points, that's like a whole bunch of A's. Well, then yes, that's what I I was. Can we just? Can we just? We have other letters, don't we? I think we need to move on. Uh, well, I don't know. Officer Officer seems pretty interested, so it's up to him whether we can move on off this. Yes, I mean, well, what what assignment was the homework for? Like what? What class? All of them, reading and writing. It was for all of them. And arithmeticing. Yes, I have them all. I they're in a box. You know, lots of stuff. That's why it's stuff rather than the the assignment. Interesting. I don't know what you're suspecting me of. You know, I'm just I have stuff, and I should should I be should I be suspecting of anything? No, that's what I'm saying. I, everything I'm saying is one hundred percent innocent, and therefore unsuspectable. Anyone who would suspect me is obviously paranoid. Clearly. But if you insist, Rory, I don't know. I insist, Rory. All right. All right. Uh, let's move on. We got a couple other letters. Uh, what else we got here? Dear Jordan, went to take a vacation from work. I'm having a fun time over here in England, having a tryst with Frank Allen. You should see it sometime. Love, Mom. Okay. This is not true. I can tell this is not for my mom. Do you know why? My mom doesn't have a job. So she's not taking a vacation from work. Ha ha. How about that? Frank Allen sleeping with my mom. Oh, files. You are caught in a lie. So... Officer, what, officer. What's what? What's the what's the email it came from? Uh, it came from the from England, somewhere in England. Anonymous at uk dot co. Oh, anonymous at uk. Wow, the, wow, they were the first people to get uh, to get anonymous as just their username. I I know, uh, which is awesome for them, but it's actually kind of it's actually kind of impressive. Yeah. I I mean, uh, can you trace that email for me? I uh, I can certainly I can certainly attempt to. But no. I mean, like, uh, that's a breach. That's a breach of of rights. Is is it? Yes. Why are, Why are you concerned about it? I'm just saying I protect people's rights by saying oh. that I should. That's a breach of rights. Do you know who sent it? No, I do. It's from anonymous. So how could I possibly know? But what I'm saying is, if this person, oh, especially if they're in the UK, that's international law that you're breaking by by. You know, tracing it. I, I believe I believe he is right on the right there. Unfortunately. <sighs> well, I. All right, listen, anonymous. I know that my mom's not sleeping with Frank Allen or having a tryst with Frank Allen or any of those things. She's not on vacation from work because she doesn't have a job. She stays home. She's a she's a stay at home mom now. So ha in your face. And I should see it sometime. What should, what is the it that I should see? You having a tryst with Frank Allen? No, because it's not real. So I'm not going to do that. Stop sending me these terrible letters. I don't want. Jordan's mom and Frank Allen shippers sending in letters all the time, because that's crazy. Um, but here's another uh, letter. What do you think of this? Dear Mr. White, I am the president of the Bleep Popsicle Company. By the way... Oh, I, I love Bleep Popsicles. Oh, do you? Well, the, the email yeah. says, uh, by the way, Bleep Popsicles are the best. They are the tastiest and the coldest. Mmm. I could go for a Bleep Popsicle right now. After hearing your lovely advertising of beep cheese crackers and candy, I was wondering if I could entice you into a deal to advertise some delicious, tasty, scrumptious bleep popsicles sincerely cloten bone path ceo bleep popsicles 
Um, well, you say they're good. Yes, they are very good. What uh, what what flavors do they come in? Oh man, they come in. They've got grape, uh, pina colada, pineapple, uh, passion fruit. They're, they're they're very very different flavors. It's interesting. Well, grape is pretty common. Grape, grape well, grape's pretty common, uh, but it's wild. It's wild. It's wild grape. Oh, now is that wild grape? Yeah. As in, it tastes as though it were grown in the wild, or is that wild grape? As in, it tastes like outlandish. I actually think it's the latter. Oh, okay, all right, all right. How, however, they also do have an outlandish grape. They have they have wild grape and outlandish grape. Oh, so then it was probably the former. It might, I mean, you know, it might be the former. I'm not sure. They're both really good. They don't taste the same, right? They don't taste the same. No. Okay. So one tastes wild. One tastes outlandish. Okay. I, I I don't I don't know that I can should talk about this anymore because I don't think I can, with a clear <sighs> conscience, take this advertising deal. Because first of all, I try not to advertise on the show. Second of all, I I'm, we're not recording on a Saturday, so I can't eat these popsicles because they they have sugar in them, and I don't eat. I can't only eat sugar on Saturdays right now. Oh, is that is that that new diet? Yeah, this is the diet I'm on. So, but it sounds oh, like it sounds like Officer Dofficer is a big fan. I don't know the, the the policy of the police force if you're allowed to advertise popsicles while you work, but if you wanted to, I'm sure you could get in touch and maybe while you're like solving crimes and checking in with your parolees. You could always have a popsicle, you know, and offer them popsicles and kind of through that advertise popsicles for them. That's a that's a very good idea. The only downside of that is I guess it would mostly be advertising popsicles to convicted criminals. Ooh. But I mean they gotta buy stuff. It's true, they do have to buy stuff. And once the money passes into the popsicle company, it's basically clean money. There's a silver lining to every cloud, I suppose. So I I, I can't I can't help you, Mr. Bonepath, but maybe like I said, Officer Dofficer can get in touch with you, and you guys can work it out. I have one more email here. It, is, it says, uh, Dear Jordan, I was thinking about how you said people were inspired to commit crimes after hearing the podcast, and that gave me an idea. Just got piles of cash from the bank. Thanks. Luke Geronimo. Now, okay, Officer Dofficer, this is exactly what we're talking about. I just made an offhand comment. Oh, hold on, hold on. I'm getting a phone call here. Hello there. Oh. Hi, who am I speaking with? I I can't tell why you're laughing, sir. You just got oh, is this Luke Geronimo? Okay, uh, let me let me let me let me clarify uh, things for everybody. So, Officer Officer, yes. Uh, so I guess we're talking on the phone with Luke Geronimo, who just was inspired by our podcast to. Uh, run to the bank and and rob it. That's that's not good, Luke. Don't do that, Luke. That's against the law. <laughs> that's right. Oh, hang on a second. I just realized okay. you can't hear Officer Officer. No, I can't. <laughs> Crap. I, I, I'll get off the phone if, if I can't hear this. So was an officer. Well, I'll have to tell you what he said. He said you shouldn't do that. Oh, <laughs> next time I'll remember that. <laughs> No, no, there shouldn't be a next time. Uh, officer, officer, you you tell me what to say, and I'll tell him what you said. Uh, tell, yeah, tell tell him, nip it in the bud. Don't don't even don't even let there be a next time. Just don't rob a bank. He don't. said he says don't even let there be a next time. Just don't rob a bank. I've got a lot of extra money lying around now. So if that girl in England needs some, just come by. Oh, oh, oh! Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You can help out our friend in England. <laughs> Millions of dollars. 
If you could donate four million dollars to, well, I guess four million dollars less. Uh, what is it? Thirty. Well, less forty. Four million dollars less forty to uh, <laughs> cash allocation for Cheryl's kidnapping. That would be awesome. <laughs> Come on by. <laughs> Come on by. Where are you? Oh, uh, uh, I'm right down the street. <laughs> right down the street from me, or right down the street from London? Yeah. All right, so you're in Queens. I, I, I robbed that bank. Oh, the one right near me. Okay. Um, well, here's the thing. Uh, I have to finish. I have to edit the podcast after I finish recording. Officer Dofsen, yes. can you do me a yes. favor? Absolutely. Can you swing by Luke Geronimo's place, pick up three million nine hundred and dollars Yes. Can you pick up that for me and then bring it by here? Um, I'm not sure if I can. Why, why legally? couldn't you? Oh, legally. Well, it's it's stolen money. Uh, who? Mr. Geronimo. Yeah. The money that he, the money that you'd be donating would that be money that you stole or money that is money that is legal to have? <laughs> I get it. It's totally legal. It's totally legal. Well, well if it's legal, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Cool. So, Officer Officer is going to come by and, and pick it up. Okay. Cool. And we will. Be warned, I might actually pick him up too and take him to jail. You might take him to jail. Well, I'm not going to repeat that part to him. Okay, good. Am I take me where? No, 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 nothing. He's going to take the money to me because it's legal oh, okay, money. Cool. Legal money. Okay, cool, okay. cool, cool. So I'm gonna I'm gonna send him your address. Uh, email me your address, Geronimo. Okay, so let me go. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Yep, I got it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, thank you for calling, Mr. Geronimo. I'm sorry you were not able to hear Officer Officer. Well, actually, it's probably for the best because he did because of what he said. So, yes. Th- thank you very much. And we will. Uh, Yo, the phone bill doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> that's true. The phone bill doesn't matter anymore. Um, our friend Cheryl either thanks you as well or, or someone who's a fake Cheryl thanks you as well. One of the two. So. <laughs> All right. I'm letting you go, sir. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for watching. Uh, okay, so I think that was our last email. We got this email from Luke Geronimo. Um, oh, no, we do have one other emails uh, here. I forgot about this one. Uh, dear friend, I am Mr. Chi Pui, the credit account officer in Sino Pak Bank here in Hong Kong. We discovered an abandoned sum of uh, one, uh, $17.3 million in an account that belongs to one of our foreign customers who died alongside with his entire family. And ever since his death, none of the next of kin or relations have come forward to lay claim to his money as his heir. After these several unsuccessful attempts, I decided to track his last name over the internet to locate any member of his family, hence I contacted you. I shall present all legal document to back up this transaction and can also assure you that this transaction is 100% risk-free. Kindly acknowledge receipt of this message if you intend to assist me. Best regards, Chi Pui. Um, so it sounds like I just inherited $17.3 million. Uh, yeah. If it's, and if, it, if, it, if it's risk-free, I mean, why not? Right. I don't see any reason to doubt this. So I guess I'm just going to send him my personal information, right? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Mr. Pui, thank you for writing to me. Uh, Hong Kong is far away. I didn't think I had any relatives in Hong Kong, but apparently I do. So that's nice. Um, so apparently I could have, I didn't, I wish I had read this email earlier. I, I could have paid for Cheryl's. Uh, uh, being coming. Yeah, we, we, we wouldn't have been, had to inconvenience uh, Luke. Well, he already promised it, so I, I mean, I, I want to let him down by not taking his money. Very, very true. You, I mean, you're going to have to stop by and arrest him anyway, right? So yeah, absolutely. So you might as well grab so, him. Might as yeah, might, yeah, might, might as well. Why not? Jordan, I think 
Can can I can I talk for a moment? Yes, Rory, what's up? I I think that that email you just talked about is probably a lie. What do you mean? The the email about the the seventeen million dollars. I think that's spam. Uh, based on what? Based on it's asking you for your personal information, and it's from someone in a foreign country saying they're going to give you money. That doesn't sound very realistic. That's what you doubted about the other one. No, no, no. The other one was mentioning weird countries like you know Madagascar and and Swaziland and stuff. This is Hong Kong. Hong Kong is part of China. Right. Yeah. So not to, not to mention that it's risk free, one hundred percent. Like you can't get any more risk free than that. Yes, but what if they lied? That would be against the law. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you can't lie in an email. That's against the law. Which is why I'm saying that those people who are lying about being Cheryl are going to jail. No, no, no. I I believe these people are lying. I don't think you should do it. Well, <laughs> okay, that's why I'm going to have seventeen million dollars, and you're going to be living in your mother's house. Wait, you're saying if you get seventeen million dollars, you're not going to help me with my bankruptcy a little? What? The, what no. Uh, first of all, why would I? Second of all. Your bankruptcy is for rebuilding the entire country of Japan. It's more than $17 million. It would be a drop in the bucket. It wouldn't pay off your bankruptcy. Well, I suppose that's true. So, fine. Okay, well, thank you for your help, Officer and Officer. Uh, I look forward to getting the money from you. And uh, obviously, again, that won't be much compared to the uh, insanely a lot of money I'm going to have soon. But... Indeed. Um, thank you so much for being here. Is there anything you want to tell our listeners uh, in parting? Uh, yeah, in parting, uh, make sure that you uh, don't commit crimes. Don't kill people. Don't steal things. Mm. Don't uh, don't lie about stuff because it's bad. And I will find you and tail you in my car and arrest them too, right? And arrest them too. Yeah. Okay. That's that's eventually. Eventually, like you wait. So hang on. So you tell people that you know are doing bad things. You don't just. Get them on the spot. Well, well, I get, well, I get, I get proof, and then I, and then I get them. So then, proof. that way, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, thank you very much for for being with us over Skype, uh, and thank you as well, Rory, for being over Skype. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. And uh, let's see, is that about it? Yeah. Write into us at castandwax at gmail dot com. You can uh, like us on Facebook, uh, facebook dot com slash castandwax, and that's about it. Everybody, have a great week, and we will be seeing you. Dum dum da 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 dum dum da da dum 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 da 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 dum dum da da dum 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 da 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 dum dum da da dum 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 da 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 dum dum da da dum We can dance if we want to. We can leave your friends behind. Cause your friends don't dance, and if they don't dance, well they're no friends of mine. Say we can go where we want to, place where they will never find. And we can act like we come from out of this world Leave the real one far behind And we can dance We can go where we want to Night is young and so am I We can dress real neat from our hats to our feet And surprise them with a victory cry Say we can act if we want to If we don't nobody will and you can act real rude and totally removed And I can act like an imbecile I say we can dance, we can dance Everything's out of control We can dance, we can dance We're doing it from pole to pole We can dance, we can dance Everybody look at your hands We can dance, we can dance Everybody's taking a chance Yes, it's safe to dance Well, it's safe to dance it's safe to dance. Well, well, well. Dum dum da 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 dum dum da da dum 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 da 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 dum dum da da dum 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 da 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 dum dum da da dum 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 da 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 dum dum da da dum. We can dance if we want to. We've got all your life in mind. As long as we abuse it, we're never gonna lose it, and everything will work out fine. I say 
if we want to We can leave your friends behind Cause your friends don't dance And if they don't dance Well they're no friends of mine Say we can dance We can dance Everything's out of control We can dance We can dance We're doing it from pole to pole We can dance We can dance Everybody look at your hands We can dance We can dance Everybody's taking the chance Is it safe to dance? Will it safe to dance? Is it safe to dance? Will it safe to dance? Yes, it's safe to dance. Will it safe to dance? Yeah. Yes, it's safe to dance. Oh, it's safe to dance. Dun 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 dun.